Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the People Processes Podcast, where we dive deep into the tools, laws, and yes, processes that you need to know in order to scale and grow your organization. On this podcast, we help you structure your business processes to make your people your organization's greatest competitive advantage. Don't forget, you can find us on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and pretty much any podcatcher of your choice. You can also subscribe at peopleprocesses.com, which will give you exclusive subscriber-only content. Here is your host, Rami Alajil, author and CEO of People Processes. Three days, a week, a month. How long does it take before absences turn into abandonment? When does a no-show transition from being an extended coffee break to a clear-cut termination? Hey there, amazing listeners. Welcome back to another episode of People Processes. And if you're tuning in for the first time, welcome to you too. I'm Rami Alijil, CEO of People Processes, your guide into the deep and sometimes murky waters of HR and business challenges. Today, we're tackling one of the most common questions that come up in high turnover environments. What exactly is considered job abandonment? And when does a prolonged absence qualify as a silent resignation? But before we dive in, if you find value in our discussion today, hit that subscribe button, give us a like, and do check our website for more insights. All right, time to unravel this puzzle. Job abandonment. It sounds like something from a suspense novel. An employee who was there yesterday now vanished without a trace. The empty chair, the untouched work, the silence where once there was lively chatter. For any business owner or HR professional, it's a scenario that's as perplexing as it is concerning. Let's talk about why job abandonment matters. Say, for example, you have an employee who is consistently late or often no calls, no shows one day and then shows up the next. That's an employee you have to terminate. You have to fire them. Fire something, which in business speech is involuntary termination, is a much more fraught process than a resignation. When you fire someone, there's always a question of whether the firing was correctly handled, whether it was illegal for some reason, whether it violated a contract or promise. If you're terminating for cause, like in the example above, where someone doesn't show up and has bad attendance, you will likely have to prove to a reasonable standard that the employee failed in their job duties and had a significant attendance problem. Otherwise, you'll be on the hook for unemployment for that worker if you're firing them. When an employee resigns, however, that's a voluntary resignation in business talk, there is rarely a question of whether they qualify for unemployment, whether the business did something wrong in letting them go. Side note, for more info on that rarely, keep an eye out for an episode on constructive discharge. Subscribe to make sure you don't miss that. It's a doozy and a lot of times can get you in trouble. Job abandonment, getting back to the topic, is considered a resignation, not a firing. That's a big deal. We need to make sure we're following the rules. Here's the thing. Absences aren't always abandonment. Life is unpredictable. Emergencies happen. We've all had those moments when something urgent pulled us away from our responsibilities without even a word. But how long is too long? When does concern for an employee's well-being morph into the realization that they're not coming back? At its core, job abandonment is when an employee doesn't show up with no intention of returning, and importantly, without communication... You might think that sounds straightforward, but is it really? Let's dive a little deeper. Many organizations lean on a three consecutive day rule. If you're missing an action for three days without a peep, that's abandonment. But remember, this isn't set in stone. Every organization has the liberty and the duty to frame its own guidelines because ambiguity is the enemy here. The more clearly you define job abandonment in your policies, whether it's three days, five days, two days, 
you can pick. It has to be a reasonable standard. It can be a month. <clears throat> if you work with people who are going into the Congo uh, to do research with little communication, well, not talking to you for two weeks is totally normal. The more you document and clarify a policy, the better you protect both your company and the employees. The clarity provides a roadmap for the more difficult times, indicating when an organization can treat an employee's absence as a resignation. The final definition of abandonment is dependent on your policies. So if you don't define it, you basically can't use it. You must apply it. You must apply it consistently as a practice of doing something different than what you write down will invalidate the policy. That's why we call it, uh, it's pattern and practice, right? So you got to write it down, distribute it, and then do that. But you can pick it. Keep in mind, though, if you do set it too short, say one day, you don't talk to me for one day, you're, that's a resignation every damn time. You need to apply it consistently. So don't get too, too gung-ho on this. Try to be reasonable about it. They don't put yourself in hot water. Before you jump to control conclusions and, and execute on something like this, I want to give you a reminder. Always lead with empathy. This isn't just a procedural step. It's the heartbeat of your organization. Always, always, always have the manager or you try reaching out first. Maybe there's a crisis you're unaware of. Maybe they're facing challenges that are just beyond what you could possibly expect. The key, human connection before administrative action give an example of that, a few years ago at People Processes, we encountered a very similar scenario. A dedicated employee suddenly dropped off the grid. We didn't jump to conclusions. We reached out, and within a day, they got back to us. We learned they'd fa faced an unexpected emergency that led to flooding and evacuation. They returned a week later, grateful for our understanding. Sometimes, a simple call can bridge that chasm of misunderstanding. Don't let it go without at least reaching out. However, in some instances, despite all efforts, absences might just fit perfectly into that predefined criteria of job abandonment. It's tough. Sometimes the only course left is that path to letting them go. In the case of them not calling, not showing, and following your job abandonment policy, not talking to you, say, for three days, not returning your calls, it's easy to call abandonment. At that point, you would simply, uh, we have templates for this if you need from people processes, but basically you would Inform them via email, writing, hey, uh, you are terminated uh, for job abandonment um, as of this date. Speaking of this date, precision is pivotal. Start by recording the last day the employee was actually present and establish a termination date that aligns with your company's policy on job abandonment. Don't forget legal formalities, COBRA, notifications, insurance, and more. One crucial thing I want to stress, the termination date isn't always the day after the last allowed absence or the day they worked. Your policy should offer clarity on this. If you have a five-day abandonment rule, for example, is the termination date the sixth day, or is it retroactively set as the last day they worked? This distinction might seem trivial, but it can be paramount in certain legal or administrative scenarios. What's best for you is going to vary on your organization, uh, but in general, it's easier if you say, all right, well, you get three days of, you know, where we haven't heard from you, and then you're terminated on that fourth day, so you're not three days behind on your termination procedures at the end there. On the other hand, if you set a long one, um, you may be in a scenario where you're providing benefits for longer into a new month, those sorts of items. So you have to make that decision, whether you want to lean on administrative ease and giving the employee the benefit of the doubt uh, or tightening up your budget. But you need to decide that in your policy. All right. 
Job abandonment is a bit labyrinthian. It's a bit of a challenge, but it isn't insurmountable. You have to harmonize your company interests with the welfare of every individual. Clear policies, compassionate approach, and meticulous documentation will illuminate even the murkiest situations. Thank you for sharing your time with me today here at People Processes. If you found our discussion enlightening, do remember to subscribe, share this with your network, and visit our websites, peopleprocesses.com, for more resources. Let's continue the dialogue. Share your stories or queries on job abandonment in the comments below. You can always email us as well. Let's learn, grow, and navigate the complexities of HR together. I'm Rami Alijil. Thank you for spending your time with me. Now it's time for you to go out there and get your work done. Have a great day. Ladies and gentlemen, that's it for today. Thank you so much for tuning in. Check us out on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter at People Processes. Go to peopleprocesses.com, subscribe, and get some of our subscriber-only content. And if you got something out of this, make sure you share it with anyone you know. Thank you for tuning in. Now it's time for you to go out there, have a great day, and get your work done.